Hey, this is John. Let's Talk Native is now on Patreon. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash letstalknative. We will be producing exclusive content for our Patreon supporters. Thanks for checking us out. Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for Native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. No prayers, no buffalo speeches, and no spirituality shows. While this podcast does not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do take a tough look at history, oppression, and our survival. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. and welcome to Let's Talk Native. Uh, I am John Kane, <laughs> and I have to say that because I am wearing my mask today. And there's a reason I'm wearing a mask. If I go out of town and come back, out of courtesy for, for Jake, who's running our, uh, our stuff here, our, our video and our audio, um, I want to make sure that I wear a mask at least for a couple of days, make sure I didn't pick up anything when I left town. So where did I go? I went to Cambridge, New York. And uh, Cambridge is the is uh, it's kind of my hometown. It's where I went to high school. And for those who have been uh, following a little bit, my high school has a native mascot. And as much as I've been involved in other schools addressing this issue, mostly because I was invited by either students or um, board members or even a supervisor or superintendent or so, I and I and I, I say it with a little bit of shame. I've never gone back to my own high school to say, you know what? This has got to get addressed. So about a year ago, I made a Facebook post saying that I was going to have to do this. And I still didn't do anything until this past summer when I started off doing a change.org petition. And that kind of tipped my hand a little bit. And and I think the school was aware of it. It, it started gaining a little bit of traction out there in Cambridge. And then finally, I asked to be on the agenda a month ago on their board meeting they didn't put me on the agenda, but they um, they still in, encouraged me to come out and use the public comment period to talk. Um, at that time, you know, I, I used up not only the five minutes, I've used two five minute spaces to uh, uh, to talk up to, to take up the issue and, and basically call for them to remove the mascot. Um, but I also said I want to be on next month's agenda. And the reason is because. When you're on the agenda, you get a half hour to talk, not just five minutes. So, um, so I I made the the request then, and I did a couple of emails, um, and then I was placed on the agenda. I was also placed on the agenda with um, a local um, Cambridge grad who also happens to be native, and and I've talked about this a little bit on the show, so I know this is new for some, but not for all. Um, and. Uh, the the individual is uh, I'm related to him. I'm married to his father's first cousin. So, but they love being Cambridge Indians, and they're you know so they're they're uh, he, you know he is um, his father's Onondaga, his grandfather is Oneida. So, uh, so he has Native heritage, um, although not much connection to a Native community. So, I want to talk about what transpired last night when I finally made it on their agenda. Got a chance to to do kind of a. a a more full presentation 
on my concerns without reiterating everything I did before. So that's what took place last night. I do have a guest with me, and the guest I have is somebody who also has weighed in, uh, in during the public comment period, who is a Cambridge grad. He's, a, uh, he's a, uh, an alumnus from the class of 97. And um, so my guest is, is, is Corey McMillan, and Corey is, is a part of also a social justice group in the Cambridge area that, frankly, I didn't know existed. I mean, when I, when I went up to Cambridge and started this thing, well, I take it back. Before I went to Cambridge, when I first did the petition, and it became known what I was doing, and it kind of kind of got on Facebook. That's when a few people from from this group reached out to me, and much to my pleasant surprise, it's a, it's a you guys you're a solid group of people. And look, the mascot issue isn't isn't I don't even know it was the the highest priority, but you guys have done a lot of stuff you know with uh, dealing with social justice, and so we've come together. And so Corey, uh, welcome to Let's Talk Native. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, okay, so first off, um, we, we did get a chance to, to, uh, to we, we stayed in contact via Zoom uh, in some of these meetings going forward, so we kind of knew what to expect. In fact, uh, I got contacted by the uh, NBC affiliate out there in, in the uh, Albany area, and I did a Zoom interview, but I also made <laughs> reached out to the group and said, hey, you know, somebody wants to track these guys down, they're going to be in Cambridge and they're going to be doing, you know, some interviews. And so you kind of, uh, uh, ambushed them, I guess. And made sure Actually, that... I think, I think that was another one of our group members. That was, uh, that was Gordon. Oh, that uh, was Gordon. That wasn't that... you. That's right. You're right. It was Gordon. All right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm, That's okay. Yeah. So, but, but it's cool because it ended up getting a, a chance to have, you know, another voice, uh, put, you know, put into it. I didn't, I haven't actually seen the, uh, um, seen the two TV coverage cause I got too busy. So, but, yeah, uh, we didn't get a chance to see it either because we wanted to make make it to the meeting and get a seat inside the um, actual board meeting chamber, as it might be. So let me, you know, look, I've got my my views on what transpired here. So let me get a sense from you what how you felt like this thing played out, and and what's your what was your take on what what transpired last night? Well, I think, um, you know, the main theme from last night was, um, you know, from uh, your point of view, from our point of view, there is a pretty salient argument to be made. You know, um, here is the position of Native people all, all, you know, all along North America. And um on the other side of things, we have some people that are very passionate about their community and they have a very, you know, strong tie to the mascot, but they don't have any substance to their argument. And in fact, <laughs> in trying to make their arguments struggle even to maintain any sort of coherence. And so it's, it's almost, it's almost, you know, to the point of, um, a bit of comedy yeah it's a little time. embarrassing actually yeah it is really it is embarrassing and you know and frustrating and annoying you know knowing that these are community members that we have to see you know potentially in the grocery store or wherever and you know it it it's um it's and 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 then you know from their point of view things are uh, you know, the decision is very clear, <laughs> you know, and that yeah. point was re was made over and over and over again. But, you know, I think um, the decision is very clear. It's just not on their favor. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. It's again, it's almost to the point of comedy. You know, it's 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 like a it's like a tragedy. Well, and, and it's interesting. Yeah. There were a lot of people who, who commented. Obviously, I had a half an hour. Dylan had about a half an hour. And then they have public comment uh, periods. It's interesting that that the first public comment period, nobody wanted to speak. I mean, I, I found that a little odd. I don't know. I don't fully understand why somebody didn't figure they could step up there and be made perhaps a little preemptive or something. But uh, um, but they didn't. And so there was essentially only one comment that, w- that was not mascot related. And and then, you know, then I spoke and then uh, Dylan Hanyos spoke now. And again, the Hanyos are a family that is from um, they're, fr- they're really from the Cambridge area. They lived out in Oneida territory for. I don't know, maybe four or five years, max. Um, and I grew up with uh, with the um, with Dave and, and Dwayne Hanyos. I grew up with those guys before they left to go out to live in Oneida and then came back. But they didn't graduate from Cambridge. They they actually graduated um, living in Central New York. And but they they went back because they they really like Cambridge and, and you know frankly I really like Cambridge and I made sure that in both last month and this month I did not speak in any way shape or form uh, negatively about Cambridge about my experience growing up there I, I talked about how how nice it was to to grow up in that area and and how much I liked the school and and even to the extent that I had uh, you know a, a couple of things about the whole native mascot thing that I found uncomfortable. I made it clear last month that that's not why I was there. I wasn't there because of my experience. I was there because of the practice, the the whole idea of of using native people for the amusement and entertainment of predominantly non-native people is in the form of a mascot is wrong. And the interesting thing is, yes, I, I got a chance to speak and I got a lot out in that half hour and you, you can I don't want to, I don't want to pat my own self on the back, but I think I got a lot covered in that half hour, but I wasn't the only voice there. There was a bunch of you uh, that are not just a part of this group, but people that I didn't expect to, to weigh in that, that had plenty to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good showing for sure. And so, I mean, so people can get, visualize this. The, the board meeting was held in a gymnasium, uh, all social distancing and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and they knew they were going to have a bigger crowd, so they had two rooms set up for overflow where they had uh, they connected up through video and, and microphone so people in the other rooms could hear. Unfortunately, I couldn't hear them very well when they spoke because it was when you when you um, speak at the uh, in, in the public comment period, you're actually addressing the board. You're not actually addressing the crowd. And so, frankly, they didn't accommodate those city, uh, those of us sitting there um very well with, with with decent audio so i i could make out some of it but man some of it was tough to hear but there was a student that spoke um a, a senior in high school that spoke and and she condemned the use of this uh this mascot there was a former superintendent from my understand that that spoke and did you know who did you know him no, I think from what I understood through our email chain today, he was a superintendent in a different school district. Oh, okay. Different school district. Okay. So yeah. not, not from the Cambridge school district. Okay. Not from the Cambridge school district, but still, still interested in the same, you know, direction anyways. Is he kind of a, is he a community member? Does he have ties, some ties to Cambridge, I guess? Um, I think he's been living here for a while, but other than that, okay. I really don't, I don't know. Well, it's interesting because uh, he made a great observation about a point that I was making. And, and in, among the things that I discussed was 
was not only the inappropriateness of uh, of the logo, which is some have tried to say was so you know special to them and everything else. And I said, look, it's basically clip art. It is it is the same logo or mascot being used by dozens of other schools in in you know with slight alterations but it's but it's not something it's it's as stereotypical as the previous logo which was you know the typical plains indian headdress this one happens to be the one that is passed off as a as a woodlands indian so to speak um so i, I addressed that but then i addressed the word indian and 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 after going through some of the history of it and that kind of thing i said you know you all know that the that it's wrong that the word is inappropriate. And how do I know you know? Because you don't call me that. You don't call me an Indian. You don't call Dylan Hanyost or, or, or you know the, the native family that lives there. You don't call them Indians. And in fact, there were people who weighed in, in the, on this debate over the last you know several weeks who claimed to have native ancestry. And they all said, oh, look, I'm part Native American. They didn't say they were part Indian. They said, oh, I'm, I, I've got native ancestry. They didn't say I, they have Indian ancestry. Why? Because the word is wrong. And, and, and I even said, look, the Hanyos aren't Indians. They don't have Indian blood. They have Oneida and Onondaga blood, if, if you want to look at it that way. And so this, this uh, gentleman who spoke from the other room, who, again, former superintendent of, a, of another school, he, he pointed out that when Dylan spoke, he again, he confirmed what I had just said because he kept referring to himself as Native American, not as an Indian. So, again, it is so clear that that it's not just me saying the word is inappropriate. They all know it because they won't they won't even refer to. I mean, it's like the same thing. The argument about you know any of those other words, redskin, redmen, raiders. Nobody will come up to me and ask me if I'm a redskin or if I'm an Indian. And and most people, if you're going to have a courteous conversation, would say, um, "How do you refer to your ancestry?" They'd actually do the do you the courtesy of asking you what do, what you'd prefer to be referred to as, but. This idea of of you know creating this image, creating this logo, or, or or pulling it off the internet, wherever it came from, and and then creating this identity that all these essentially all these white people are claiming, you know, predominantly football players and you know and the families of these athletes, um, and then obsessing over it. I mean, I thought I heard one guy get up there and said that they will bleed and die for that mascot. Yeah, that was Sorrell Field. <laughs> he, yeah, we've had some um, uh, interaction with him at a few of the Black Lives Matter uh, rallies that have been in, held in Cambridge. So is he a white summer. supremacist or, or something along those lines? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that's a safe assumption. Okay. I mean, he, he also suggested that, um, I think that same guy said, we, we shouldn't let this turn into a Me Too movement. It's like, yeah. because yeah. apparently women, women being raped is okay. And, and you don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to equate those two things. So apparently he has problems with, with any social justice movement or anything that confronts, you know, these, these inequities. I mean, it, it was bizarre to listen to this. And I think, was he the voice in the back of the room that was uh, shouting during, during my, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> my presentation? Yes. Oh, yes, clearly, clearly the back of the room had a had a representation of the, you know, right wing trigger trigger culture that exists in, in our country right now, because, uh, you know, a few words that were put out by, you know, members of our side of things 
uh, clearly triggered them to, to speak their minds, <laughs> regardless of what, you know, the appropriate uh, manners would be in the, in the meeting room. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that's just something that we have to deal with in this community. You know, that's just part of the way people are here currently. And, you know, that's part of the reason that we're trying to address these issues with the school is because we want to see that our children are being, you know, educated in a way that doesn't lead them in a path where they close their minds. You know, well, we want to see them, we, we want to see them come out of school with open minds. You well, know? And that's the whole point. You know, the, the biggest issue with the, with the mascot and, and the name is not that, that it is being used in a derogatory way. It's not that. It's that the whole idea that a group of people who are not native, in spite of having one family that's there, a group of people that is not native feels like they can appropriate an image, then then capture and, and try to own that identity, mock those people. Because let's, it's, it's an appropriation. It's, it's also um, it's wrong because of, you know, both the imagery and, you know, and the, uh, you know, and, and the terminology. But it, but it's mockery. And, and it's this idea that they can own it and that it's theirs. And then they claim that they are the Indians. And, and, and to the point that some will, some will say that they're willing to die for it. I mean, for one thing, <laughs> make no mistake about it. Nobody's going to die over, over a mascot. I don't care how, you know, how right wing anybody is. Nobody's going to surrender their lives for the sake of maintaining, you know, some, you know, some racist practice. They're, they're not that committed to it. I mean, I say this all the time about, you know, Trumpers and everything else, you know, they all speak in these superlatives, but at the end of the day, you, you could tell how sensitive they are as they're calling us, butthurt or sensitive or whatever else you can see how, how moved they are, you know, and how annoyed they are with this stuff. It's a, uh, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. It's, you know, the funny, the thing that I thought was really funny was that Sorrell got up and was talking about how so much about how, if people are offended, you know, he just didn't know what he was supposed to do with that because he was tired of people being offended. And then the next person to stand up, Steve Luke, the first thing he said was how he was offended <laughs> by your comments. <laughs> and I wanted to, you know, ask him to just go see Sorrell and talk it through and maybe they could figure it out. Yeah, maybe, maybe he could help <laughs> him with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like they don't understand the, the, the juxtaposition of the two arguments when you put them side by side and say, you know, one causes harm, you know, and then they just say, well, no, it doesn't. It's noble. Well, but you're, you're saying that in the face of people who are telling you that it causes harm. So you're just, you know, you're literally just choosing, you know, willful ignorance. And I don't know, you know, I don't know that there's really a solution for that except for trying to educate the next generation to not have that be the case. Well, and, and, you know. and to catch some of the people who haven't taken that leap, so to speak, I, you know, it was an interesting exchange I had with somebody on Facebook who was a Cambridge local um, who basically said the people have spoken. We've seen the numbers on the on the petitions. We know that uh, that, you know, that uh, that, the, that the people want to keep this thing. And, uh, you know, and, and I kind of went back and forth with him and I was having a little bit of fun with him. He's a, he was one of these guys and I don't need to name him, but he um, he's one of these guys who takes his name and puts the uh, spells it backwards on Facebook. And I said, well, your way of thinking is as backwards as your name. And he says, well, I thought we were going to be civil here. I said, hey, don't get mad here. I'm just making fun of what you've done with your name here. <clears throat> and so he came back later 
I said, you know, I read your statement, the one that I had issued a month ago. And he said, um, I think I've got to rethink this. So there are some people that if you can get them out of the mindset that is being crafted by the mob mentality and, yep. and pull them aside or, or you know, give them a dosage of, of some either reality or you know, some, some other grounded view that, that maybe they, I mean, because let's be honest. It's pretty one-dimensional. The other side, you know, the side that wants to keep this thing, they all had to sit. They all said the same thing. Cambridge is special, and regardless of what other schools have to do in terms of changing their mascots, or regardless of what any place else, we're special. We don't have to. That was basically their narrative. The other one uh, that that Steve Luke, um, uh, again, a guy who was a very successful high school athlete who is now in his sixties and still obsessed with calling himself a Cambridge Indian. Um, he also said his new thing is one size does not fit all. So if Washington DC has to change the name of their football team, their NFL football team, or if, you know, if, if the, if colleges have had to do it or other high schools felt like they had to do it, that doesn't mean that Cambridge has to because Cambridge is special and what applies to other schools don't apply. And, and of course, what they what they always come back to is that they they're not there's the reason they're special is because they have their own native family there that supports it and i addressed that i said you know 20 years ago when you know when the issue came up because it look this has been a national dialogue for decades and and you know there has been challenges to the uh, the washington football team's um trademark uh, and that went through a couple of iterations. And of course the Washington football team ultimately dropped its name, you know, in, in the wake of this call for social justice and racial equity, you know, just, just this year. But so this isn't a new conversation. So this conversation was brought up 20 years ago. And again, this Hanyo's family, the, the, the senior member of that family, David Hanyo senior came and spoke, I, I guess at a board meeting or before the town and said, I like this name and I want to keep it. Um, and there should be no debate on this thing or, you know, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not, don't know the exact words that he said, but he basically pledged his commitment to the, the town using the name Indians. Although he did suggest that they should probably change the logo because they had a Plains Indian headdressed uh, logo and use something that was a little bit more uh, appropriate to what the indigenous population of the area probably looked like. And so they grabbed a different stereotypical image and um, but it never went to a vote. And, and so my point is one guy silenced the whole, you know, ended the debate. He silenced any, any critics, because I assume 20 years ago, the reason it was brought up because there were some people in the community said, you know, maybe this isn't appropriate anymore. They got silenced. They were completely silenced because the one native voice representing one native family, you know, spoke in favor of keeping. It. Now I got to tell you 20 years ago, I think that I was the only native person, my, my sister and I, to have graduated from Cambridge Central School. No other native kids. I don't believe, and, and somebody can check the records and if they can find somebody else who was clearly native. I don't mean grandmother was a Cherokee princess native. I mean a native person. I, I'll bet my sister and I were the, were the first, were the, were the first, or only up to that date, native kids who graduated from, from Cambridge Central School. And... I wasn't asked 20 years ago. My sister wasn't asked 20 years ago. In fact, no other native people, no nation, no government, no 
organization. Once David Hanyo stood up and said, I, I want to keep the name, the, the, there was no board vote. They just went along with it. So, as I said, they kicked that can till now. And now there's a native voice who who isn't so uh you know so appeasing i guess to to this crowd so i spoke and you know i went there like i said i went there fully expecting to be in a in an extreme minority position out there as a native voice opposing this thing but as it turns out there's there's a bunch of you who 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 are more woke when it comes to this kind of thing and and i gotta tell you completely surprised and uh and pleasantly so well, you know, the thing is, the other side is right in the fact that Cambridge is a special place. <laughs> it, it really is. You know, they're just wrong about our ownership of the of the mascot. You know, the, 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 the thing about this community that I grew up in is that we were taught, you know, especially in school, we were taught to be critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. That that coin term was drilled into our heads from the moment we entered the building until the moment we left. And every teacher I had framed their work around that. And I think, you know, it led us, you know, graduates in 97 for the most part to look at the world through a very analytical lens. And, you know, when you do that, you start to see that things aren't all they're cracked up to be and that there are things that need to be righted that haven't been. And, you know, that's what we do. You know, that's, there's, I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate that we have people in our community that want to share in this work and do these things together because it gives, it gives us a sense of power. And, and, you know, for the record, we haven't been together as a group for that long. It's only been a few months, you know, we got together during the midsummer, you know, after some of the racial unrest or civil unrest sparked by the racial, you know, violence that was black lives matter the the death of you know george floyd i gotta tell you i graduated 20 years before you and i thought the 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 faculty did the same thing and i don't mean just the the social studies teachers i mean the english teachers the science teachers i you know i think everybody did have a little bit more impact on encouraging critical thinking i don't know what's happened since then though because you know and and look i'm not saying everybody got that message but it seems to me that Cambridge has moved to the right since I lived there. And, I, and maybe yeah. it was always there, and I just never noticed because there were no issues that confronted it the way, um, that's the way some of the things do, like the, the current you know, battle over the presidency and you know, other social justice calls. Maybe there was just nothing that, that polarized people the way things have as of late. But it does seem like things have moved somewhat, shifted somewhat to the right. And I think that's what was on display there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's sort of on trend with what we are seeing worldwide. You know, there's just been this general shift to the right. Um, but but clearly in Cambridge, you know, I, I remember the few years that I was sort of around town after I graduated um, and talking to, you know, some of the kids that were coming up and graduating. And, you know, they were just everything about the culture of the school was not good at that time. You know, um, the administration was, you know, replacing teachers with people that just didn't seem to be on the same level. And um, I think that's been going on for quite some time. I'm not sure. You know, I think that having been said, I think there are a lot of really 
good, good educators at CCS. You know, I think our kids are there. We have faith that, that they're getting a good education. And, you know, we just want to make sure that as time goes forward that, you know, things are being looked after appropriately. And clearly this is a, a place where our community needs work you know i mean there's there's a clear division in our community and that's been you know for years you know i can remember coming up you know we always had the division between you know the hubbard hall group of of people and you know the the sports group of people let's talk about that a little bit i I gotta take a little bit of a break here worth about the hour so let me take a break and we'll come right back because there was also other rivalries that took place, like between soccer players and football players, and not just the players. I mean, the, the coaching staffs. I mean, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit when, when we come back. This is John Kane. I've got Corey McMillan from Cambridge, New York, um, a, a new friend of mine uh, as my guest. And we'll, we'll chew some of this up a little bit more when we come back. This is Let's Talk Native. Thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. I do have a guest joining me today. I've got uh, Corey McMillan from Cambridge, New York. He is a Cambridge Central School alumnus, um, class of 97, uh, a tad younger than me. <laughs> I was class of 78. Um, and, we're, and we're talking about, um, the, you know, the, the, the last couple of board meetings where the mascot issue for Cambridge, who calls themselves the, they call themselves the Indians. And there are people really, really dug in to, to wanting to keep that in spite of the, the obvious wave of schools. I mean, before I did my, uh, my, my formal presentation last night, I talked about the fact that four schools in the last year in Connecticut alone had uh, eliminated their, their native mascots. One of them would done just Monday, um, last August. I actually was part of the dialogue for Glastonbury. They were getting, they were, challenging whether to keep the tomahawks as their uh, as their mascot and they got rid of it and in fact wednesday night so the night before our board meeting uh, a school out in california fresno high which has been the warriors i think for 128 years they voted six to one to get rid of it. so i mean the trend is real clear it's been in sports or pro sports it's been in college the ncaa has all but you know prohibited any school there's only a couple schools like and of course it was brought up last night, uh, Florida state university that still calls themselves the Seminoles. And although the Seminoles of Florida, um, embrace it, the Seminoles in Oklahoma oppose it. So it's not, uh, even that's still somewhat challenged, but then, and then the schools, the schools that have been changing it. But so in spite of that trend and where it's all going, uh, Cambridge has got, uh, they've been digging in for, for 20 years. Uh, they, they thought they, they solved this because it was addressed 20 years ago, not voted on, but addressed. Um, but as you and I were talking, you, were t- you talked about the fact that in Cambridge, you can almost see a certain level of the um, the division. You, you call it the Hubbard Hall crowd. And for those that don't know, Hubbard Hall is uh, is this just this tremendously, you know, and I don't want to say quaint because that sounds belittling, but it, it is this beautiful structure on Main Street in, uh, in Cambridge. 
that uh, that has this. Um, it's it's actually got a performance space. It's got a stage. It's got an auditorium. The downstairs is a storefront for. Um, and there used to be a co-op there and that kind of stuff years and years ago. But I was actually the manager of the co-op. Uh, oh, so it still is there. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's actually moved across the street, and Hubbard Hall has expanded. They now own all of the buildings behind Hubbard Hall in the big open courtyard, uh, all of the freight yard buildings. Wow! Wow! That, that, and they run they run all sorts of um, you know creative arts uh, programming out there. Well, and it's a good exactly thing because apparently the school, because apparently the school bailed on doing it, right? So there's no more theater yes. program in uh, in Cambridge, in uh, Cambridge correct. School. That's correct. Yep. So anyway, and the Hubbard Hall, the Hubbard Hall crowd is considered the more um, artistic, um, liberal, left leaning crowd as opposed to the uh, the football crowd. Um, now it's not to say that those two crowds don't mix and they, and they don't meet on some issues. And it's not like, you know, somebody who, who's involved with, with Hubbard Hall can't be a football player. Uh, that's, but the ideologies become, uh, dug in a little bit. And I was, you know, as I was saying before the break, when I was in school, there was a lot of friction that would even existed between the, the soccer program and the football program because they compete for the same athletes um, as a fall sport. And, you know, you used to hear a lot of derogatory comments that would come from the football program. And I mean coaches and, uh, and players towards the soccer players. And I don't know if that... I don't know if that still exists, but it gives you a sense that even when I was in school, there were some divisions there. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't know if it still persists in the school at this point, but it certainly did in 1997 when I was there. Um, you know, the, the, the culture that was promoted by the football program in Cambridge is, you know, I would say probably defined closest in, you know, the toxic masculinity uh, realm of things, um, you know, amped up you know beaten on your chest ready to take them out and whatever you got to do you know and and i i don't think that necessarily represents you know who we are as a community but it's certainly how the football program was running itself at that point you know when i was in school when i can vouch for it i don't know i'm not a sports person so i have no idea what it's like since then um but i'm assuming something kind of along those lines has been perpetuated well, and, and of course, the success of that Cambridge football uh, program is, you know, is, is is significant. I mean, they they've had state championships and, you know, and, and I'll, I'll admit back when I was in school, the football team wasn't that good. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, since you know, 2000 and, and in the last 20 years, they've had a pretty good pro program. And I don't know if it goes back farther than that, but uh, uh, they've had a successful program. They've had, you know, essentially seasons that they were virtually undefeated and that kind of thing and and so they they are known i mean the the whole capital district area knows at least for that size school i think it's only a d e section school or size school they are they are considered a football powerhouse so that becomes not just a, a culture within the school it becomes something you know community-wide i would say yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a great point. I think all the more reason that, you know, relinquishing our mascot is sort of an, an imperative on us because it's a mascot that's shared with, you know, half a dozen other local schools. I mean, and, and when and you I say think, mascot you know, shared, it's in many of them, it's almost the exact same image. It's just a different yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, I, I don't know who, who's infinite wisdom, but there's something really odd about Cambridge's uh, uh, native mascot. It, the image is in whiteface. And, and, yeah. and when I mentioned in my presentation, I says, ironically, it's whiteface. And I see, and I mean, literally, it's ironic that you would have a native mascot in whiteface. I mean, the school colors are orange and black. It doesn't have to be in, it doesn't have to be in whiteface. So it's, it's just bizarre to me, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I never, honestly, I never really looked at it closely enough to realize that it was white until you pointed it out and then i was just i've been shocked ever since. every time i see it i'm like oh my god it is white that's crazy oh you man. know and i and i and i i was in school when the mascot was changed okay you know, from remember... the from the plains indian headdress now so, how did that go i mean was that smooth or was there some resistance there was n no resistance that i was aware of as a as a you know uh I think I was somewhere in middle school or in, you know, maybe early in high school, freshman or something mm -hmm. like that. I, it was like we, we showed up after the winter break and the gym floor had been repainted. So you know, this wasn't was, a process. It's not like kids got to vote on it. No, or... no, 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 no. Nothing like that. They, there was some involvement um, with the school because they removed not only did they repaint the floor, but they removed, um, there was a large totem pole that had been created at some point out of paper mache, which was <laughs> removed at that point in time. And then there was another painting in the, in the cafeteria, which I can't remember exactly what it looked like. Um, but it definitely had the full plains headdress Indian as part of it. And they, they removed that and they hung, um, a picture that was painted by the, you know, current, um, class of art students mm -hmm. um, that showed a bunch of white people holding hands effectively. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they replaced it with. And that actually still hangs in the auditorium to this day. So, you know, maybe mm -hmm. next time I'm, I'm there, I can shoot a picture of it to you so you can see it. It's kind of ridiculous to be honest with you, but, um, <laughs> but I don't remember, you know, specifically what the logo looked like upon its arrival in the school, whether it was white then or not, I can't remember. Well, um, and, and but it's but it's kind of bizarre because you know one of the things is well, it's going to cost us a lot of money to switch over a mascot. It doesn't. I, I don't know if any, anybody ever brought up the cost of stripping the the gym floors and repainting or, or doing any of the 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 logo change at that time. I, I I've never heard that debate. Interestingly, also. Is that um, Steve Luke, who is you know again, you know, he was a you know a very successful high school athlete. Um, I don't know if he did anything athletically much beyond that. I don't I don't know, but the, you know that he comes from a family of of, of really good athletes. Um, I think he's you know the next generation, a couple of generations of Lukes. I think were also pretty good athletes or are pretty good athletes. So that having been said, when Steve spoke last month, he raved about the old mascot. And nobody challenged him on it. He said, oh, I loved that last one. Oh, it was so beautiful. Our art teacher, Dick Dawson, draw, drew the picture, and it was on the gym floor, and he, he painted it. And I was so proud. And he talked about how moved he was. They, Sorry, Steve. They, they got rid of that. They stripped it off the floor. I mean, it is, it, so it, it, there seems to be a certain amount of almost being out of touch that some of these people have. 
Oh, absolutely. I definitely think out of touch is definitely the most appropriate way to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Don't, don't worry about it. I know you got a couple of buzzing. Uh, I, I had one going on here that. too. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it, so there, there is this, this strange attachment. The other thing that Steve uh, brought up in particular, and, and in a way I'm glad he did. He, Although he didn't attribute the video, he talked about a video that he watched. And the video is my video. And uh, Jake and I, we worked on a video on the mascot issue. Now, the, the main page of the video, it says Redskin with a line through it. But the name of the video is, is you know, I'm not your mascot. I, I don't know if it's I'm not or we're, we're not your mascot, I think is what it is. It's not, we're, you know, Redskin, we're not your mascot. That's just the image. But anyway, <clears throat> what Steve tried to make a point was, he encouraged everybody to go watch that video because he said there's 16 images in that video and none of them apply to, to Cambridge. Well, look, I encourage everybody to watch the video. And then if you can watch that video and say nothing in that video applies to Cambridge, then I don't know what the freak you're looking at or, th- or listening to. Because one thing I mentioned the word Indians in particular, but you know, he tried to bring up, well, nobody does any uh, tomahawk chop. And, of course, <laughs> well, that was, he got that countered uh, uh, last, last night. Um, well, they don't do it anymore. They haven't done it for years. I mean, look, if you go throughout the history, not only do they have the typical Plains Indian headdress in the past, but they've looked up. The cheerleaders' outfits were like these little Pocahontas outs- outfits. You know, they you know, they'd put feathers in their hair. And, you know, they they did all the typical things that a school with a native mascot does, including the tomahawk chop. I mean, it was it was done during graduation, from what I understand, you know, a number of years ago. So it, it's when, when I hear these people try to say, oh, no, but we're special. We, we don't we don't disrespect anything. We do everything the right way. And I'm thinking, no, you, you're you can't. I mean, I hate to use the expression because it's this famed by. Uh, Sarah Palin, but you can't put lipstick on this pig. I mean, it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I absolutely do. I think, you know, the, the the thing that they can't see is that, you know, they're stating that, you know, honor, integrity, bravery, courage, all these things are the are the source of, you know, are coming from the mascot, but they they can't figure out how to use those things when confronted with an issue. You know, here here we have somebody coming to our community who's from our community, you know, asking us and saying to us, here's all the evidence. Here's what you should do. Here's where you need to be in this, mm-hmm. you know, and and they can't say, OK, let me use my integrity to assess this and see if it makes sense on its merits. Instead, they just go automatically in defense. And I think. Steve's Luke, Steve Luke's initial comments last night pertain per, uh, pointed to that particularly. He got up and he said, "You know, the first thing I did when I heard that this was going to be brought up at a board meeting was got on the phone with Dylan and said, "You need to get out in front of this." Yeah. So, so his comment to us was a relay of what his tactical approach was going to be for fighting against us. You need to be our token. You need to be our token Indian basically is what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what he was saying. And immediately putting everybody in a defensive position. Well, the the other thing that's, that's kind of crazy is some of what I heard because they made sure they said it loud enough. Oh, they brought, they brought somebody in from the outside. And again, to be clear, nobody brought me in. 
Nobody's right. paying me to go out to Cambridge. Nobody asked me to go. I, out of a sense of my own responsibility, decided I can't not address this issue. I, I've got to go to my own high school. I am a prominent voice on this issue in other places. Uh, and, and I have been for a while. And that's why that, that video exists. Uh, because this is, it's what I do. It's not the only issue that I, that I fight for. I mean, I, I, you know, and I explained in my presentation, look, I, I, I try to stand with people on everything from missing and murdered indigenous women to, uh, you know, to, to poverty issues, to our taxation struggles, our battles with New York state, with the federal government, land use, land rights, the environment, all of that stuff. This is just one of the issues that, that I, you know, that I try to step up with and, but I haven't taken it back to my old school. So, so I finally did, but you guys didn't invite me out there, you know, so anybody who's watching this video, who is, is wondering how it is that John Kane, you know, why, why here, why now I went from, from third grade to, till I graduated in Cambridge central school. And as I said, in my presentation, I wasn't, I, I was a good student. I was an active student. I was very much a part of the community in many ways. You know, even, you know, again, playing Little League, all of it. I was a part of that community. So I wasn't just some obscure figure in, in that school. And there's nothing wrong with being, obscure, you know, somebody that's not, I mean, it's my personality to be out there. So, yeah, I came back. And the fact that, that a group of you, in, uh, you know, were embracing this message yourself and perhaps were on the cusp of bringing this issue up. That's that's just serendipity, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it, it, we just happened to agree with each other. Yeah, I mean, we had, you know, we had had uh, a few meetings, you know, talking through different things, mostly just trying to unpack how everybody was feeling, and you know, obviously with pandemic and and then you know all the uh, civil unrest, it was just a lot to handle, and so we were just trying to you know show support for each other and show support for you know people in our community that feel marginalized and things like that. And, uh, you know, so obviously it came up in conversation at some point that your petition had been out there. We had, somebody had seen it on Facebook and, you know, we kind of talked about it and that was it. We left it behind. And then as it came back around, we kind of talked about it again and we felt like, well, geez, you know, if we're going to stay in a group and we're going to do some work, like this is the work we're doing. So we might as well throw our weight behind it. And, you know, we're, we're just happy to have, um, you know, some, some leadership coming from, you know, a native voice outside of our community, because we just don't have a lot of representation here. I mean, obviously the Hylios family is, is a native voice and we don't want to uh, marginalize them in any way either. Um, but but, the, but do... they aren't the only native voice. And, and right, the fact right, is right. that their voice comes from being community members, not from, from a native community. And that's, a, yeah. that's exactly right. And I, and I think, you know, I don't think me, my personality or, or my ancestry is is why my voice needs to be heard. I think my voice needs to be heard because of what I have to say. Yes, I am a, Cam a Cambridge graduate and yes, I'm native, but that that's almost a moot point. The, the point is that the what I'm bringing to the community is the conversation that exists across native territories and you know every 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 native council every um organization every every look i i come from 
a whole group of activists that have been involved in, in everything from, you know, standing rock to, uh, you know, to wastewater treatment arguments. I'm, I'm a part of, of a larger group of people who are, are fighting these issues. I do a radio show in New York. My, my co-host is a very active um, community organizer and participant in, in a lot of the, uh, the social justice changes in, in the city. So, yeah, I mean, this this idea that somehow somebody put me up to it or they, that they, you know, oh, yeah, they had to bring somebody in from the outside. The other thing, I, and I'll, I'll mention it, too, um, and I didn't even know this was was the buzz that was happening in Cambridge. But um, I the, the the pandemic thing is is real and it uh, and it's a concern. I you look, I, I, I look at the numbers daily, uh, so I know what's going on. I also know that the that the region of Western New York has a higher incidence of infection than say Washington County does right now where I live in the Southern. Well, actually I don't even live in Erie County. I live in uh, the river uh, divides and actually I live on the Seneca territory. I don't live in what I define as these counties, but I'm not in a red zone or an orange zone, but I knew I was coming out there. And um, so I went, I got a COVID test done and I got the results before going to the meeting last night. Uh, and, and I was tested negative and I didn't do that to, to advertise it necessarily. I did tell, um, the, uh, the superintendent, uh, Doug Silvernell, I, I let him know, uh, that I had been tested and he said, yeah, that was raised here. And I didn't know that th there were some that were talking about trying to ban me from coming there because they, you know, they claimed I was coming from a red zone. And, and of course that wasn't true. And I suspect I was probably the only one in that room that had been tested just the the day prior. Um, I mean, others might have been, but um, but no, I, I take this. I do take this thing seriously. And and I wasn't sure if this meeting was going to happen an in person meeting. I thought it might go Zoom or something like that. And and we'll see what happens with a January meeting. Uh, I mean, if if and I don't know. I don't have any plans or any design for January, but I know I'm going to stay busy with, with trying to provide information. I'm going to create a tally sheet of all the schools that have changed their names, the ones who are contemplating it. I'm going to do as much as I can to, because it sounded like what came out of that meeting last night was that they have presented a plan that may involve holding a vote in March. Is that the way you understood what you heard? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounded like a very rough draft. It sounded like they were looking at just compiling all the information and then moving towards the decision that they would act on. Yeah, it sounded like around March and then they would have implementation, you know, in May or June. Um, but then Dylan brought up the idea of the referendum, which, um, you know, is a horrible idea for so many reasons. Yeah, and, and I don't. And I, I don't even think that'll I hope happen. They don't, I just hope that they don't entertain that idea farther than it was brought up last night, because yeah. um, you know that's going to be really detrimental for our community. Well, it's not. It's not like the people who would participate in a referendum are going to evaluate the data associated with this. I mean, so right. and that's what this board is elected to do. Their their job is to be accountable, not to the community, but to the students. That's I mean, correct. they're accountable to the community, but but their their responsibility is to is to those students. So and no other school ever has a referendum. And, and I kind of addressed that issue, you know, with them and my uh, during the public comment period. And, and I said, shame on you. If you guys do this, 
If you guys entertain a referendum, then shame on you for for not fulfilling your your responsibility. And and that wasn't a threat, but it, it was an attempt to shame them if they even consider. It. Now I I get it. The uh, uh, Neil um, uh, what's his name last name Gifford Neil Gifford. I'm sorry the uh, the the board president and the board members. They're trying to maintain the appearance of neutrality. And not tip their hand in any way, which way they're moving on this stuff. But look, you don't have to give the you know the, the Trumpian phrase. Oh, there are very fine people on both sides. I mean, look, we don't we don't have to necessarily go there, um, <laughs> because look, I'm sorry, but there are some real jerks on the other side, and I'm and I'm being kind with my uh, <laughs> with my selection of words. Um, and and we saw some of it. We, you know, not only the the guy, you know, the guy who was you know yelling while I was doing my presentation, but but some of the stuff coming out of Steve Luke, and frankly, some of the stuff that even came out of Dylan Hanyos. I mean, I I got to tell you, I I confronted. Uh, I got an email back from uh, from from Neil Gifford thanking me for for coming out there, and I said, look, I got to tell you, I was annoyed when um, when Dylan Hanyos um, grabbed a bundle of sticks out of his pocket. And suggested that you know this was a, a lesson that he was taught by his grandfather, um, and then snapped a stick, and then you know grabbed the bundle and said you couldn't break it, and that's what this community has to do. Look, that story is a is a misappropriation. I mean, it it it's, it, it 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 annoyed me, it pissed me off because that story is not about sticks, and it's not about a white community coming together to stand up to to what to me. No, that story comes from. The formation, uh, the, the, you know, and again, it's the legend of the of the formation of the uh, of the Haudenosaunee, the five nations, which later would become six, where where the Ganawida, the, the peacemaker and Hayawenta took arrows and, and they snapped one arrow and they said, this is and one arrow by itself is weak, but the five nations together are strong. And I was pissed off that he that he, he mischaracterized the story like this was his his grandfather's lesson to him. And reduce it down to this idea of sticks. I think, I, you know, I, I think the Planet of Apes did the same thing. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I watch this thing and I'm thinking, you, this whole debate is about the mischaracterization or the, the, the misappropriation of native imagery. And now this kid gets up there and does that and then, then just completely takes the story. And instead of it being about the five nations coming together, which, by the way, have come together on this issue and they oppose native mascots. He says the community has to come together like that bundle of sticks to stand up to me. I was offended. And here we are right back around to comedic tragedy. Yeah, yeah, that was it was pretty. I mean, it, it would be laughable if it wasn't offensive, put it that way. But uh, but absolutely. You know, and then look, last month. Dylan's father got up and said that his father, so Dylan's grandfather, was a chief. And he was. And he, he never was. I mean, he lived on the United Territory for less than a half a dozen years. He wasn't a chief. And I don't even know if they understand what a chief is. I mean, uh, but... And then last night, Dylan got up and said his father was a medicine man. I mean, how many of these, you know, these you know, ridiculous tropes are they going to throw into this conversation like they're real? I mean, I'm I, I'm just sitting there. Now that was commit, uh, you know, was comedy to me. Listening to, to Dylan describe his father, I'm like, I grew up with his father, and and I'm not saying the guy doesn't pick herbs or whatever else, but to characterize his father as a medicine man, I thought, wow, you're really reaching here. 
Yeah. So anyway, yeah, look, um, we're going to stay in touch and um, I'm glad you were able to join me tonight. Cause I know some people are interested in what transpired last night. So perhaps they can, you know, catch a little bit of what we did here um, in, with this program, this podcast. And uh, look, we're going to stay after this. I, you know, I did reach out to the board again, uh, responded to, to Neil's uh, um, email and said, let me know how I can help because I really do want to help. And, and, and I know this, this, the decision, the right or wrong of this is easy. The difficult part is being worried about the, uh, the backlash from this. And, and I personally felt like there was somewhat of a veiled threat that was um, expressed through some of the comments last night. And it wasn't overt and it wasn't life threatening, but it did that's the sense that I got. And, 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 and I'm not saying it because I'm oversensitive, but I, I, I sense that a little bit. I don't know if you did. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a, there's a substantial threat, you know, coming from um, the side that supports keeping the mask out on this. You know, I think um, I tried to address that with the board last night, you know, just letting them know that we have their back, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, that there's a lot of locals out there, that feel the way that we feel that we should relinquish it or retire it or however you want to express it. Um, you know, and, and that, and that we're going to stand up for them. You know what I mean? If they want to run again for their seat, that we'll make sure that we do everything in our power the same way we've done here to make sure that they get reelected. You know, it's yep. the same thing with the school board vote. We'll throw our the budget, power the budget vote. That. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. The budget vote. You know, we'll throw our power behind that, and we'll pull out the vote the best we can. You know, I mean, sure, we have a, a force. It's maybe not the biggest force in the world, but it's a force. And we well, I think real, some of it showed you know? up last night. I w- I was surprised because you know, look, you know, I've, I've come to know your group, and your group, you know, expressed themselves. You know, and and you weren't there in mass or anything like that, but. But hearing some of the other voices, especially that were coming from the other room, voices, you know, voices that I have no face to. But uh, I was I was impressed. But, Corey, I want to thank you for joining me today. Um, and uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll have you back and we'll we'll have a, we'll do some follow up conversation on, on this issue. Um, it's, it's interesting. And I and I think um, I think we're going to win this battle here. It's you know, like I said, I, I've always viewed this as not a question of if it'll be changed, but when it'll be changed. So. Um, again, thank you for joining me and, uh, we'll stay in touch. That sounds great, John. I'll be happy to pop in anytime. All right. Thank you very much. Again, that's, uh, that's Corey McMillan class of 97 from Cambridge central school. Um, and that was kind of our update on what transpired last night. So look, I want to, um, thank you guys for listening. And, um, we'll, uh, I will say I posted up as a document on Facebook, um, my statement that I, that I read last night. So it's, it's there if you want to ch- uh, check it out. So, um, so there we have it. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh. Make a promise.